About 58 years ago, Edmund Jeremy McCarthy introduced us to the four P's of marketing. Now, it could be argued that a lot has changed since 1960. In this episode of Up and to the Right, we'll adapt this easy-to-remember marketing tool to our modern economy. It is within your reach to achieve your marketing goals. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Stephen Krause here with Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we focus on blending your passion with proven business principles and practical action that empowers you to create your unique impact. This is not a podcast about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about proven business principles and how to apply them in a way that recognizes your individuality. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. All one word. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So in the news this week, I thought we'd talk a little bit about some ideas from National Be Heard Day. That was March 7th, 2018. So just about a uh, couple of days ago. And uh, this story was in the Spectrum, and I've got a link to the website uh, from thespectrum.com that I'll put in the show notes. There were three basic ideas from this uh, event that I wanted to bring across. The first was uh, making sure you can be seen. And the comment in the story was about having a good sign. And I think there's a lot to that because you can have, in fact, the, the, the comment in the story was about the owner trying to get uh, permission from the city to inter, uh, put up a new sign. But the, uh, I think the overreaching uh, idea here is when you're uh, a local uh, brick-and-mortar business, having the ability to be seen by people who are looking for you, and then on top of that, having the, the, uh, a good sign so that new people can discover you. I think those are two very important things. So try to make sure that you're basically visible wherever you are uh, trying to conduct your business. The next thing is uh, working in vibrant areas. And so the idea here is making sure your store is in an area where there are already successful businesses or other attractions that, that bring people in. And by doing that, obviously, you benefit from the extra foot traffic in that area. Finally, uh, have great service. In, and this increases word of mouth and, and referrals. And it's the one thing that small business owners and brick and mortar stores can always have over internet giants is having personal service that um, uh, is human to human contact. So I think that's a huge one. And I, I think it's worth talking about. This week on Breaking the Buzz, the word we're going to talk about is synergy. And basically, synergy is uh, referred to as the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, meaning that the, the components of whatever we're trying to bring together will create something greater together than they would if they worked independently, you know, moving forward. And um, it's, it, it's not a bad word by itself, and, but it's very overused, and it's often used in a way that makes a, a business prospect or a business proposal sound um, more attractive than it might really be. Um, so I think it's overused and um, maybe used with a bit of hyperbole, which uh, makes it less valuable in, in our language, you know, based on its, its true definition. 
So that's synergy. You know, I think we should be aware that it's out there and and understand what people mean by it. But I do think, like I said, it's overused and um, and often used to exaggerate an outcome rather than describe an outcome. So that's something to be aware of. This week on Hitting the Books, we're going to talk briefly about Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. They talk about how to create marketing that gets our attention and then stays in the memory of our audience long enough for our audience to actually take action, uh, make a purchase, or get home and make a purchase, or get to the store and make a purchase, whatever, um, you know, wherever you're trying to sell your product. And uh, we want to have a message that stays with our customers long enough for them to make the commitment to take action. And some of the tools they talk about... uh, Uh, In terms of things that are sticky, they talk about things that are simple, easy to remember, things that are unexpected. So they jar our understanding and consequently make them memorable. Things that are credible, things that are emotional, obviously have ties. uh, We can relate to things that are emotional and things that come to us in a form of a story. And those things all uh, trigger parts of our brain that make the message stay longer. And so that's what the, the, the... books, the premise of the book made to stick is. And uh, again, I think it offers some really good tips for business owners in terms of coming up with marketing content that will really help them drive their business forward. For listeners of the Up and to the Right podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can try their service and get a copy of uh, Made to Stick, for example, uh, for free. I, and I only advertise products that I use and can fully endorse, and I use Audible every day. Uh, so I highly recommend Audible as a service, and I uh, also highly recommend Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. So let's get on to the main topic today, and that is the four Ps of marketing after 58 years. So in 1960, Ed, Edmund Jeremy McCarthy comes up with basically a summary of the marketing concepts of the time. Uh, and he calls them the four P's of marketing. And they are product, price, placement, and promotion. And before we talk about each of them, and we will, um, there's it, what, is, what is the relevance uh, to, of the four P's 60 years later when we've entered the digital age and we have social media advertising and, and um, Google AdWords and, and all of these tools that uh, they wouldn't have even dreamt of in 1960. And uh, that's true. The communication methods that we use today have changed dramatically since the introduction of the four Ps, um, you know, all those years ago. But many of the core principles of business have remained the same. And that's what we're going to talk about is how do we take those core principles that involve the four Ps and and um, tie them to tools that we can use in, uh, you know, in this case, 2018 and hopefully beyond. So tools like the four Ps are not timeless in the sense that the original intent is the same today as it was in 1960. But there are a lot of valuable things we can get out of, out of um, tools that are easy to remember, like the four Ps, and uh, use that to create a marketing structure for ourselves. And we can take that structure and then interpret or add tools from our modern toolkit, if you will, and, um, 
and use those tools to create the effect that we want in each of the 4P areas. And while we can't necessarily apply the 4Ps directly to today's market the same way McCarthy would have in 1960, um, we can certainly use them with a, mod a slight adaptation and uh, uh, get value out of them. And one of the big things about it is it's easy to remember and it covers a great deal of ground. Uh, and, and so I think it's a very valid way of looking at the higher level of marketing. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I did create a worksheet that you can download at b50p.info forward slash UATTR015. And that's the show notes uh, link for this episode. And you can download a worksheet that will help you go through the four Ps and, um, and tie them directly to uh, real action that you can take. And so if you download that, if you haven't downloaded it or you can't download it right now, that's fine. I'm going to describe it a little bit before we go any further. And then you can download it later at your convenience when you're not driving or riding a bike or on the treadmill or whatever. So uh, the worksheet is broken down into uh, four boxes. And if you've seen like a SWOT analysis or something like that, it's, it's very similar to that. Um, the first two blocks are product and uh, pricing. And the reason I put those on the top row is that they are generally internal to our organization. So we get to decide what kind of product we want to provide and we get to generally price it. And then the second, the, the second row and the, the third and fourth box are placement and promotion, which often rely on or are, are, are uh, subject to outside forces. And so that's, that's why I broke it down that way. And we'll talk about each block as we go through. The second page of the worksheet is an action page where you take the information that you uh, get written down on the uh, first worksheet and you tie it directly to action that you can take to uh, implement some good tools to move your marketing forward. All right, so once again, that's b50p.info forward slash UATTR015, and that'll be the show notes for this episode. So I'll assume that if you if you uh, moving, are moving forward, you uh, have the, the worksheet downloaded, and uh, as we go through this, think about each block and what, what, how it would impact your particular business. So we think about product, and you might be saying, well, I know what I sell. I sell a widget. Well, you may have heard this saying that uh, people don't buy a drill because they want a drill. They buy a drill because they want a hole. And there are lots of versions of this, and they're all pretty much that the intent is the same. They all mean basically the same thing. We don't necessarily buy specific products because we want the product, but we want the outcome that the product can uh, offer us. And so that's where, when you're writing down in the, filling out the product section of the worksheet, that's where I want you to, to focus on is not what is your product, but what problem does your product solve for your customer? And that's going to be the cornerstone of how we fill out and address all of the rest of this uh, worksheet and how we identify the right action to take to uh, move that needle, uh, if you will, uh, and and get our marketing to uh, improve the the health of, of our business. 
So that's the first question. So we need to identify that uh, and and use it to uh, fill out the product section. And I'll read to you what I wrote when I, I filled out the same worksheet uh, as, par as part of the show prep here. And um, so uh, we pr the product for be Beyond 50% is solutions that blend business owners' passion and expertise with business principles in a practical and sustainable, uh, in a way that's practical and sustainable for owners' interests, skill sets, resource, and resources that will enhance their uh, services and impact, success and impact. So, you know, the goal of Beyond 50% is not to, uh, you know, we sell advising time, right? But the, the goal, uh, my product, is not really, that's not the, the end result. Um, the the uh, whole goal is to help customers increase their own impact and success, and that's what I want to focus on as my product when I talk about price placement and promotion. And so you can kind of take that same example for yourself and say, okay, what is my product? What, what problem does it solve in, in the customer's world? The next thing we're going to talk about is price. And price can be very, very tricky for business owners. In fact, one of um, the, the things that's come up for me is what uh, should we have pricing on our website? And uh, if you, if you do so, in fact, it was so interesting to me that I've decided that episode 16 for next week is actually that exact question. Should I have pricing on my website? Um, what I initially thought was no. And when I started doing research, there's a lot of compelling reasons why you should. And then I looked and there's a lot of professional services and service providers that don't. So there's a lot of, um, uh, conf conflicting information around uh, service professional pricing um, in the web universe. And it's very likely that that is spread beyond just the service industry. So moving on, I think there are, uh, the first thing to be very clear about is if you're selling an easily substitutable product um, and your intention is to compete on price, then obviously you need to have your price on your website because as soon as a customer sees something that they consider a commodity, um, if there's no price on it, they're going to move on to the next place that can supply that commodity and they're going to move on and you're not going to get the business. So the other couple, there's a couple of other things I, I want to point out about price. This is not an, a podcast about price and that may happen sometime, but, um, the two things are it's easier to reduce prices than it is to increase them. So be very careful about uh, pricing things too low to sustain your business and then going, oh, I've got to increase my prices or else I'm not going to make the end, uh, my ends meet. Um, the other one is be, beware of the race to the bottom. There's always someone willing to go out of business faster than you. And um, I didn't coin that. Someone else did and I couldn't find the reference. But, excuse me, but that's just uh, an important thing to remember um, competing on price for small business is very, very difficult, and it can it can be uh, a quick road to ruin. So the goal here is to identify a pricing strategy that will work for your market and your customers. And uh, obviously, it's got to be within some realm of of reason for the product that you're offering the market. Um, you can't sell. Uh, uh, a beater car for 
uh, the same price as you can a high-end European sports car. It, you're, it's not going to work, but there's a place in the market for both. And you have to understand enough about your market and your, and your product and your customer base to uh, figure out what that price point is going to be. And again, that's, that's not the pricing isn't necessarily the focus of this entire podcast, but it is going to be something that you understanding your pricing strategy is um, going to be critical to properly uh, getting your message out and getting new customers. Um, so uh, focus, one thing that you can do is focus on value that you can add to your customers. So focus on the resolution of that problem that you solve with your product rather than saying, um, you know, it's, you know, making it sound like it's inexpensive and, and that you're, and implying that you're competing on price, which we don't really want to do if we can avoid it. Um, having said that, Pricing is something that's within our control. And even if it's more difficult to raise prices than it is to lower them, it is still possible to raise them if you make a mistake or if you need to do something a little bit different. And so, uh, like I said, I think we might, might put something together to focus on finding a good pricing model in the future. But right now, um, that's block number two, is what is your pricing structure? So going to the back to the sheet, when I filled it out, I said, okay, um, do I want to have an hourly rate? Do I, uh, put together, which is what I currently do. What do we do? Um, could we have a subscription or membership program that would, uh, provide some, uh, customers a regular source of advice and, and, uh, uh, coaching. Um, and then maybe, uh, do we want to do project-based work, which we also do. Um, and then I, I, made those all three questions. And then I wrote, uh, some notes about them. Uh, yeah, we, we'd want to do contract and consulting work, but I noted that we're going to do that as flat fee, which means that if we make a mistake and we underestimate the cost, um, the customer's not going to pay for that. So if we have to underestimate the cost, we're still going to do the job and, uh, and implement the project. Uh, and we'll just take that and learn it, uh, learn the lesson for the next time. Um, and, you know, we also, uh, like I said about uh, subscription or membership programs, I said that's maybe a possible future product. And so I wrote some notes around all of that. And, um, and then the question is identifying what rates would be appropriate for each of those things. So that's, that's what I did. And I'll, I'm, I'm actually going to put uh, a uh, picture of both uh, worksheets that I did in the show notes for the page, so you can, or for this podcast, so you can take a look at that if you want. All right, so number three is placement. And in the world of physical retail um, or a local store, like a local store with inventory uh, on hand to sell, the idea of placement is where your product is located that will best attract your customer's attention. And so one example of this, if you, if you think about going to the grocery store, uh, the candy and gum at the cash register at the grocery store, uh, think about it, you're tired, you're hungry after looking at food the whole time and you're shopping for three hungry teenage boys, uh, for example. Um, there's a reason that candy, candy and gum are the last choice you have to make at a grocery store and not the first thing you see going in. Um, and so that's where they have chosen to make that placement to uh, get the most uh, bang for their buck in terms of their store, their, uh, store placement. 
So the value here is knowing where your customer is going to be when they need or want your product. And in order to understand that the best, we need to remember back to, to, to uh, block one of the worksheet or the product question is what problem are they trying to solve and where are they when they're going to solve a problem that involves your product? So where are they physically? Are they in a convenience store after filling up the family car? Or are they, are they at the computer uh, at 11 p.m. in their PJs? Where is the customer when they're ready to buy your product or when they're looking for a solution for the problem that your product fills or fixes? And um, I want to take it a step further than that, though, because when you talk about messaging, you really need to understand not only where your customer is phys physically, but where are they emotionally? You know, how do they feel when they're looking for your product? Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they worried? What would your product do to make their happiness, well, happier? Or make them uh, able to take action to recover uh, when their emotions are negative? Um, and so... Where are they financially? Where are they spiritually even? Um, you get the idea. Understand the whole space that your customer occupies when they're interested in fixing a problem that involves your product. Um, and, and that allows us to create much more powerful messaging around the, the, um, uh, the solution. So that's... Uh, that's placement in terms of understanding where that customer is and how, and then we're going to talk about how are we going to reach them. But before we do that, so in the placement box in the worksheet, um, we want to, when it kind of go through and say, um, you know, document where we think they are. And, uh, and as I'm looking through my notes, I don't think I did a really good job, but, um, but, uh, for example, uh, where where is my product? Well, um, with what you know, with business advising and coaching, we can do it in in any number of places. So, uh, where the product is can be wherever ever an advisor wherever an advisor can be, whether that's uh, in an office, in the customer site, um, you know, in a at, at, at a library. It, it any number of places can be uh, great places to conduct business. So um, Skype or uh, Google Hangouts or any of the online uh, communication tools, those all work as well. Um, but where is, where is the customer going to be when they're looking? And I asked that question on my sheet, but I didn't really do a great job of maybe narrowing it down. I did mention that they might be searching on the web, which is one thing. Um, they might be uh, a part of a networking group. They might be reaching out as an, in, in an, into a network to get help. So being present in networking groups or, or uh, something like that, they might ask a friend and get a referral. You know, if they have a friend who's, who runs a business and, and they need a recommendation on uh, getting a coach or, a, or an advisor, their friend might say, oh, we know beyond 50%, call those guys. And um, so that might be a way. So those are some of the ideas I came up with for how um, the the product placement. But that is not traditional placement. What I'm uh, what I discovered when I did this was that 
yeah, someone could do a Google search and find beyond 50%, and I would be very happy that, that they did. But what are the odds, really, that somebody is going to look up business advising and the place that's going to attract their eye more than anything else is going to be our website? And I, I would love to believe that that's the case. And, and, and we, we will certainly, you know, we'll always do everything we can to promote the best that we can in that direction. But the reality is there's so much competition for um, any services or products on the web that digging through all of that uh, and getting, getting the kind of traction you want can be very difficult. So um, when I look at placement, I'm saying, well, wait a minute, I need to be in people's uh, mind before they need us. We need to have beyond 50% in their minds uh, before they need advising and coaching help. And so part of the ways we do that is we go back and we say, all right, let's look at that. Well, we have networking. That's good. We have word of mouth and referrals, and those are great things. But what else can we do? Well, we can have a podcast, you know, we can have a YouTube channel, and those things can start to generate some interesting uh, uh, impact on their own. And people can see that, um, bef- you know, like I said, before they need us, or even when they decide, you know, if they're looking, um, it gives us a different way to be in a place where they are when they're looking for that kind of help. And so that's what, that's what that was about for me. Um, and I think this is a process that, you know, and like anyone, we continue to work through what is the best way to deliver our message to our customers. So that's for, for me, that was the placement block that when I filled it out. All right. So let's talk about promotion. And, uh, for me, promotion kind of has this connotation of reduced price, buy one, get one, buy three and save, uh, buy more, save more, whatever, which is all about price and incentives. And I want to back away from that. I want you to think about promotion as simply the way that we communicate with our customers. How do we get our message to the people who might need our products? And for the sake of keeping all four P's, P's, we'll use the word promotion. But understand, let's give it a little bit different definition if when you hear the word promotion, you have the same idea that I do, that it's more about the savings than it is about the the message. And so for us... It's about the message. And so the, the, when, I, when I did the worksheet, I put promotion last by chance. And now that I've worked through all the notes and I, I worked through the worksheet, I actually think it's really appropriate that promotion is the last thing that you do. In order to effectively communicate with customers, you have to understand what you're trying to communicate to whom where then you could start talking about the message that you're trying to craft and the, the channel, if you will, that you're going to use to communicate it. So let's try an example of, uh, go back to the cash register and the, and the candy. Why don't you get marketing email or spam for candy bars? Why don't you see Google ads for snacks? Um, because that messaging is not going to be as powerful for those companies in terms of creating an action step for a customer. 
if I get an ad, uh, if I get an email for a Butterfinger, that is not nearly as likely to promote me to or to drive me to buy one as it is if that thing is st sitting in front of me at the checkout stand where I'm waiting behind two other people and I'm, I'm already tired from uh, making all of the decisions that I had to make buying groceries. And so my decision-making uh, resources are exhausted. So my ability to say no to a candy bar is at its very lowest. And all of a sudden I'm eating a Butterfinger. Um, the reason that we don't see those ads versus just having those end caps is simply a matter of that's the best place for that message in order for that company to, to move that product. So uh, back to the kind of back to the point here, um, we have to consider the other three P's when we're crafting our message for promotion. When we talk about product, what is the best way to share how our product solves a problem or fills a need? When we talk about price, we have to understand how does our customer perceive our product and what is their expectation? Uh, do they just want to know the price flat out or do they want to understand or do we want them to understand a more complicated or more comprehensive value statement before we deliver that pricing information? And you find that a lot, I think, if you look on uh, uh, websites for professional services and stuff like that, you're going to find, call us for a quote. Contact us for more information. Um, you you don't get that direct pricing information because the company wants the ability and the the time to uh, frame that message for their customers so that they understand what the full value is before they get the the pricing information. And then finally, the placement. You know where it, where will the the customer be? And what's the best communication method there? In the case of our end cap candy store or candy aisle, um, the, the placement is right where we're going to be when we're tired and hungry. Well, that's a pretty good place to put a snack, right? And there's no point in putting a snack in my email box because it's not going to help me and it's not going to drive me to action. So, uh, because now we know that, now let's look at what the channels might be uh, for our product or for our messaging, because there's such a low bar and an easy entry into digital solutions. We tend to think that those or those tend to, to get fired up very quickly. Now, um, we get a Twitter account or a, or a Facebook page, or, um, we go on YouTube, um, and, and those things might be great for our products. It might also be uh, completely not the right place to be, or it might be a good complement to a print ad. Print isn't dead yet. It might be uh, a compliment to a cold calling campaign, which I know we, we all dread cold calling to promote our businesses, but um, that's another possibility. Um, there's also opportunities like networking and reliance on word of mouth or referrals. Um, you might even promote referrals by putting together a promotion package for customers to give somebody um, a coupon or a referral and both of them get some kind of benefit. And so that's an option. So before you fill out block four, which is the promotion block, um, don't get overwhelmed with all of the possible ways that you can communicate with a customer. Think about where they are and uh, what their needs are, and then write down some options that you think might work 
and highlight just a few that you have the time and resources to handle. Um, just, you know, even if it's just two, if you only have the energy to deal with two, if you look at how many social media websites there are, there are just way too many for any small business owner to deal with. So take a little bit of time and say, let, let's just narrow it down to say we're going to deal with social media. Narrow it down to what social media sites are you able and willing to put time into? Now, for beyond 50%, we've got four, right? We've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook page, we've got Google+, and we have Twitter. And there are lots of other social media sites that we don't engage in because that's the choice that we've made. And and I would encourage you to say, okay, maybe maybe you don't need Google+, and you need Flickr, or maybe you don't need Twitter and you need Instagram. That's fine. Just pick the ones that, that your customers are going to be uh, interested in following you, following you on or, and following isn't even the best thing. We want them to interact. So find somewhere where you're willing to interact and engage and make that your social media platform. But I don't want to get focused too much on social media because that's not the only advertising, uh, venue out there or the only promotion venue out there. Um, go back to print ads, maybe an insert in the newspaper is still a, a workable solution for your business. Maybe the, the coupon mailer that comes in the mail, maybe that's a good solution for your business. Uh, maybe your business is solely about networking and you don't even need to worry about social media or advertising or uh, the, the value coupon mailer. So there's lots of tools that we can use. Think about where your customers are when they need you and the, communica the communication tools that they use and adapt to those. So for uh, Beyond 50%, when I did the exercise, I listed the, the four uh, social media uh, platforms that we use. I also listed the podcast. Um, I, put, uh, I also noted YouTube, which is becoming more of a social network than it used to be because there is commenting. And, and if you do live streaming, you can chat uh, and you have Google Hangouts. So there's there's um, maybe more social interaction that can be done there that, that uh, we'll be taking advantage of. Um, there's the potential to do a newsletter. Um, and, and I wrote in my, my notes, I said, um, if we do a newsletter, I want it to have value and not be a sales newsletter uh, because I don't think that communicates the right message for, for our customers. Um, and then social interaction, in, and I wrote in real life, and uh, social media. So increasing our activity on those in those platforms. So increasing our activity in, in um, local networking events or uh, speaking events and um, uh, small business events in, in our you know our geographic area as well as others, uh, as well as you know engaging more on social media. And then of course, uh, cold calling and uh, you know I. I kind of put an UG on there. Nobody like, like I said, nobody likes to do it, but, uh, it, it's, um, it can be a very successful tool. And so those are the way, that's the way I filled out, uh, block number four on, uh, for promotion for beyond 50%. And so the next step is we're going to take Russell some pages here. So I've got the, the, uh, worksheet in front of me. Um, the next thing we're going to do is, is move this to action. 
I don't like to have, um, you know, an, uh, a strategic plan or something that does not tie directly to an action step. So the, that's the last page of the worksheet is, is how do we convert that action, uh, the, the kind of the marketing strategy ideas that we just came up with, how do we convert them to action for our business? And this is where it gets down to how you can be unique. Um, so if you've downloaded the four-piece worksheet then and filled it out, then the next step will be to go to the last page and we'll fill that out. Um, so review what you did in each block and ask yourself, what is one thing I can do to move this forward? One thing. And really focus on what you have time and resources to accomplish. Don't get uh, bogged down in action items that you don't have the resources or time to engage. If you, Because what you're going to do is waste any time that you could have been doing good for your company, um, hoping or wishing to do something that might be better, but it, it's not better if you can't do it or won't do it. It's okay to say, I'm not willing to do this thing. That may, that may be something you should delegate or hire out later on. Um, that's, a, that's a fair statement, but it is okay to say, that's not something I can do. I, that's not something I want to do. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, let's say you don't, I'm, I'm a perfect example of someone who does not particularly love uh, being on social media. So, you know, that might be something that you can put, uh, have someone else in your organization take over. Um, and that's okay. That's all right. You just have to focus on things that you really can do and are willing to do to move your business forward. And if you, it, for example, if you wrote down that, that you want to do a print in a popular magazine, that might be a great promotion. But if you don't have the money, uh, that's okay. And there's no point in um, calling that, that national magazine and getting uh, a media kit when you know that or you have a pretty good idea that you're not going to be able to, to put an advertisement in that magazine for the budget that you have. So you can leave it on the list, but put it aside in favor of things that you really can take action on. All right? And then, you know, then it's put it, putting those things into action. Put a due date, schedule some time, do whatever you can in your, uh, whatever your, your uh, getting things done workflow is. Uh, enter those things in and, and start working on them. So to pull it all together, the four Ps aren't new. You know, we've talked about uh, uh, McCarthy gave, set them, uh, summarized them in 1958 or 1960, about 58 years ago. And, um, but there's still, there's still a good convenient way to create a, per, a comprehensive plan that will help us push our marketing forward. And um, you can... Uh, just to mention it one more time, you can download the worksheet at b50p.info forward slash UATTR015. And if you have any questions or, or, uh, or uh, any suggestions on how to improve the podcast, please let us know at go.beyond at b50p.com. Uh, so, so the tools of the trade that we use this week, we use the download, we downloaded the four piece grid action worksheet. Um, and I will not, I will spare you the web address one more time, but it is in the show notes, uh, or the download is in the show notes for this episode. And you could have also used maybe your, uh, sales and marketing moleskin from episode 14. Uh, so I'll plug my, I'll plug last week's episode. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today.
If you enjoyed this episode of Up and to the Right, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to visit b50p.info forward slash UATTR015 to get the show notes for this episode along with any downloads or other resources that were mentioned. You may not have a big budget like a large company, but by actively and creatively using the tools that are available to you, strong marketing is within your reach. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.